morning and welcome to another Subi podcast. Today we've got Scott Baldwin from Money3 or ASX code MNY. Thanks for stopping in, Scott, and welcome. Thanks, George. Thanks for the invitation. Maybe we can just start with giving our listeners a quick overview of what Money3 does and where you've come from and, and where the business is now. Sure. Money3 as a business has been around for almost 20 years. had a few name changes, but uh, I think a good point of interest for the list is, is since we listed. So uh, 2006, Money3 listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, did a small capital raising uh, in order to uh, increase its distribution to a, to a few more branches, another four and a half million dollars was raised at the, at, and now I'm talking 10 years ago. Over the uh, over the journey of the last 10 years, Money3 has done several capital raisings and expanded its product offering, but really focused on the four to five million Australians that find it challenging to get credit from the big banks. And so we, we've tried to uh, have tailor our products around addressing that market. So a combination of unsecured and secured loans. And over the last few years in particular, we've been very much focused on growing our secured automotive receivables as we focus on the provision of credit to people looking to buy generally a used car, typically a Commodore, Falcon or a Camry. And what sort of market size do we have here in Australia for your addressable market? That, that's a great question. It's, it's actually quite challenging to find that because there's no national database, but we would generally say there's around 2.5 million used cars that change hands every year. And uh, we would say, based on our own analysis, about one in four of those cars goes to a customer that Money3 would consider its target market. So if we said roughly 700,000 uh, opportunities to finance a, a used car each year, and if all things go well this year, Money3 will finance around 20,000 uh, cars this year. So we think that we uh, last year we, we would have said we're about 2% of the market. We think at the end of this year we'll be getting closer to 3% of, of that market. And if I look at that, that opportunity for us, it's still a very uh, fragmented market with lots of uh, little players. Typically dealerships like uh, owned by mum and dad have their own small loan book associated with that. And that's where a, a national player... Uh, like Money3 as well, place to form relationships across the country and, and and fund those. And a lot of those people that have those small books, what we find is they're happy to contract them and support a business like us. So we've never, never found it challenging to find more volume in this current market. So if we look, I guess, at the macro space and, and the Royal Commission and, and the Senate inquiry into the payday lenders, uh, we've seen that affect a number of, of stock share prices over the past few months. How does MNY sit in that space and what what is your view on, on the outcome or the, the potential outcome as we see it towards the end of 2018? Let's start with the Royal Commission that was uh, taking place earlier this year. So it, it, it's focused very much from what we can see on the provision of additional services through brokerages. So uh, things like flex commissions, the commissions that can be earned around insurance products or other add-on services. Money3 as a lender uh, has never offered a flex commission, so we've avoided a lot of that scrutiny because uh, we haven't been in this very competitive race for, for volume. We, we've had limited funds as a business, so we've always picked and chosen the customers we want to serve. And generally speaking, if I look at our application volume today, 
we would say we're on track to get over 100,000 people applying for a loan. Yet if all things go well, we think we'll only finance 20,000 of those. So our focus has not been on that aggressive sales approach. And I think that has, has meant that we've avoided a lot of the scrutiny that has come out of the Royal Commission. If we move on to the more recent uh, Senate inquiry that has been pushed by the Labor Party, that has definitely impacted our share prices, probably more than it otherwise would, given that we, we, we went into the ASX 300, so we sort of had a bit of a high, and then the inquiry came and, and it did push the share price back down again. So um, that, that has made, a, has made an, has been an issue for our share price. But from the business point of view, that, that um, Senate inquiry is focused on a product that we offer called small amount credit contract. And uh, only three, given the given the, the contracting market that is there, and just the reputational conversation that keeps coming out, we think that that product's best serviced by unlisted players. So our intention is to exit that space. So we we will stop the the provision of that product uh, in time. And what sort of proportion of your of your total revenue would that make up as of today? As of today, uh, we we sort of kept that loan book. Uh, contracting it's now around nine percent of our receivables, uh, while we focus our business on originating more uh, secured automotive receivables, T- typically for used cars like a Commodore Tough mechanic. So our, that's where our focus has been. It hasn't been growing. It's, uh, the, the, the small amount of credit side of our business has come off over the last couple of years, and our intention is to continue to focus away from that. Product. So ninety three is trading at about an eight times PE multiple. The company is clearly uh, formed victim to the, the Senate inquiry as of all the, the payday lenders. And Scott, you mentioned that that percentage at SAC lending is, is under 10% of your business. So given the automotive is the main driver here, what what are the growth prospects? You mentioned that you only had 2 or 3% of the market. Are you guys able to use technology in order to find new potential consumers or is it about... Um, lending to to different or, or different quality consumers or is it a mix of both or how do you see this this growth occurring that's a great question if i could just take a moment to explain how we get our customers and and some of the investments we have made in technology because i think it'll help listeners understand why we don't perceive a problem in finding more applicants so uh, over the last uh, few years, Money3 has made quite a bit of investment in technology, but a lot of our leads come from either large family groups or listed other listed players like McMillan's Shakespeare or the Car Sales Group, where a lot, of, a lot of these businesses have a lot of focus on online advertising. They have large databases and small conversion rates. Money3 has invested in APIs that means our database, our lending platform, with a lot of these front-end um, CRMs and custom customer management portals. So people apply online and may not fit the, the mainstream criteria for a big bank, and then the brokers will sit there and focus on them when they have time. The great thing about the, the investment money threes made is that we can bring that that lead in real time from uh, the broker who's advertised straight into our platform, process that, and then you know sort of turn a decision around the same day, which is Often the, the icing on the cake, for, for most brokers, we're not the main game. You know, getting a big bank loan with ANZ or, or Macquarie Bank is the main reason where they get the revenue. 
we, we provide at 10% extra revenue for them by mining through the database that they have that they are not finding uh, opportunities for with other lenders. And then we can, and as we invest in technology, which is taking years of trial and error, because as you can probably appreciate, many businesses I think are at the start of this journey of, of bringing more technology and digitising contracts and loan application data. But the more of that we bring into our database, uh, the more we can help them with their marketing, turn lower turnaround times and, and, and get more volume than we would if we went and blanketed the airwaves or, or you know, advertising or spend it with Google. And if you, if you look at the last couple of years of our expense line, you'll see a couple of million dollars has come out of our market as we focus more on very much targeted relationship management with brokers to, to mine their databases and, and uh, offer customers loans that are you know, in the market for it rather than just a, a spray and pray approach across Google. So, Scott, as I understand the basic layman version of the model is you've got a cash facility, you've then got a debt facility, you loan that money out, your margin is in there, and then you deduct the bad debts. That that loan facility you have, are you able to touch base on on um, who that is with or on, on what that looks like and the potential of how that could change over the next few years? Absolutely. Money Street today has a much simpler debt structure than we had in the past. It's a $150 million facility provided by Fortress Group and uh, we're, we've drawn $100 million of that. So we've still got $50 million of headroom in that facility that we can, that we can draw on. Um, it, it can extend anywhere up to five years. So we only the first draw was at fifteenth of December last year. So plenty of time left in the facility. And have you you've got an option to roll that facility over? Yes, yes, we can. Okay. The, we can shorten the term to three, or and there's there's options for twelve month extensions. But we think that uh, at the end of the three years that the facility will be fully drawn and Money3 will be in a good position because we will have exited small amount credit uh, lending at that point in time, but we'll be in a very good position to take a warehouse facility from a mainstream bank at, uh, you know, at a good saving to, to rates. And so your bad debts ratio, that had that grew from 13 million to 18 million over the 2017-18 period. Um, how how does Money3, I guess, control this as best they can and where are you tracking currently uh, with your bad debt ratio? You're right. The absolute uh, quantum of bad debt did grow. But within our model, we we would uh, suggest that you factor in between 5 and 6% of the loan book uh, being written off each year. That's our that's our focus uh, to keep any to ensure that there's no bad debts in our business, that, that's sort of the, the typical range that we see coming through uh, in our book. And we were well within that range uh, in the last 12 months as well, as we have been for the last three years. And is there, is there a way that technology can help in, in understanding or even contracting this bad debt ratio? Is it just really a, a standard that's, that's applicable across most businesses like this? One of the things that we have done to help bring that bad debt down is the introduction of the new accounting standards, ASB uh, 9 and 15. How they're helping is that in the past, Money3 used to recognise penalty fees. 
take them to revenue, they then sit on the loan balance, and then you know, consequently when we wrote them off, we, we would be writing off revenue that was earned, but there was no cash supporting it. So introducing these new standards means that we're not adding, we're not, we're not recognising any revenue if there's no cash support, which lowers the, the, the loan balance uh, somewhat when a loan does get into uh, an impaired stuff. So uh, we, we think the standards is one of the things that we've introduced that uh, has will, will uh, abate some of the, the bad debts. When we exit um, small amount of credit, that bad debt ratio should come down as well. Quite, we've been quite open in saying that most of our bad debt comes from uh, online unsecured lending. And as, we, as that portion of our book lessens, uh, bad debt should come down as a result of that as well. And so, as the SAC gets slowly phased out, your automotive remains the main primary driver of revenue in the business. Are there other verticals you're thinking about, or is the, are the smarts and I guess the um, the capital is that going to be applied into addressing more of, of that automotive market? Oh, we think about it, the, the automotive market uh, in Australia and New Zealand is so huge in that, and not a lot of well-organised corporate focus on used automotive finance that uh, there's, a, there's a lot of capacity for us to grow you know, into a significant company in that space. Uh, the one thing, other product that I'd say that we think will complement that very well is just an unsecured personal loan. Uh, I stress all under 48% interest rates. Uh, focused on our existing customer base and we, we launched that product a couple of years ago uh, to sit alongside the secured car loans which is usually there to support customers. The number one reason why they come back to us today with that product is, is for some repairs or maintenance to their car. So we, we found that that has been a, a good addition but it will always be dwarfed in comparison to our, the receivables that we have in secured car loans because uh, the demand there is significant compared to what we're selling. So you mentioned 700,000 is your potential target market here in Australia and New Zealand. Mm -hmm. What what number are you focusing on this year? This year the team's target is to get to 20,000 uh, settled, settled car loans in that space. I think we're probably going to come up just a little bit short there given the run rate we're on, but we'll certainly be... Uh, over 19,000 settled automotive car loans, which... And is, is there a main a main player in that 700,000? Is there one dominating player or is it pretty fragmented? If I think of the big peers that we have in that space that, that do dominate that, that space, Pepper, Liberty, Money3 are uh, the main providers to credit to that client base. And um, you know, I would say 15% of market share would pull up all of them. So it is quite fragmented. There are lots of mum and dad operators with five, ten, fifteen million dollar loan books. Generally, people that have grown up in the car industry that have got uh, a car yard as well that have then set up their own small financing book on the side. And as the, the watermark for regulatory compliance continues to grow, we think that that favours businesses like Money Three, where we've made uh, a huge investment in being a you know a, a compliant, transparent organisation that. You know, we found we found that some of those other businesses that have loan books have been, become some of our best partners. I'm surprised there hasn't been a more of an industry roll up, but maybe the, the regulation will force that. 
Um, so can you tell us anything about your new chairman and any other direction that um, our listeners may be interested in, in hearing about where Money3 intends on going over the next 12 to 24 months? Sure. Uh, as indicated uh, in our last announcement, Ray uh, will stand, will not be offering himself for re-election at the, uh, the AGM, uh, so he can focus on his uh, executive efforts at AMA. Uh, our new chairman uh, is Stuart Robinson, so he's one of our existing non-executive directors. He'll stand up and take a more active role as chairman. Uh, Stuart's been instrumental in our gaining of, of debt funding in, in the business, and I think he'll continue to uh, keep that focus. He's been a good contributor to the business in that regard. Uh, we will be adding a, another non-executive director to the board in the near future, and we think that uh, that person will have a lot of industry experience that uh, should, should be well received by investors as well. So we think that we have a, a good board, and we also have an opening that in the new year it is likely that we'll find, have another person that added to the board once we find someone that can add value. And just on your, your dividend policy as a business, you're, you're a profitable business. You did around $32 million in net profit. Um, you pay a current dividend at the moment. Uh, what What is the plan on, on policy moving forward? Will you continue to pay out a dividend or it, will this be reinvestment going back into the business? That's a great question, one of a lot of debate, because as a, a growing business, we've always needed capital. Uh, it, the general view has been that uh, our dividend policy is 30 to 50%, and the board is quite supportive of paying, in, in, in the current market, paying at the upper end of that. So uh, investors should should expect to see that sort of four and a half, five cent per half dividend uh, continuing. Okay, well... Thank you very much for stopping in, Scott, and, and touching base with all uh, the SUVI community. And hopefully we can get you back on here um, maybe in 2019 to, to keep us updated as to how Money3 is progressing. Um, and thanks for your time. No problem. Thanks for the opportunity, George.